I spot the cheap pops, you're on the air. Silicon Steve Valley, Vladdy Dottie, we are here and we are. High spots and cheap pops. Talking the very best of professional wrestling in the world today. High spots and cheap pops, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, Vladdy Dottie. I'm Silicon Steve Valley, and we are ready for not just the return of the people's champ, the people's choice, the rock. First turn heel rock, which was great. We also now are within 48 hours of WWE's Elimination Chamber, where some things about WrestleMania are going to be cleared up, particularly who Rhea Ripley and Seth Rollins will be facing in Philadelphia at WrestleMania 40. But Vladdy Dottie, we're going to start with the people's champ, The Rock, who came out and cut the most vicious WWE promo I've heard since he used to cut WWE heel promos on the crowds. And he comes out and just the lines he was saying, typical Rock, arrogant, sunglasses on, Looked like he had one of those $500 vests on. It looked like it was at least $500. Trailer park trash The Rock has ever seen. And what a fish. Just to start with that, the crowd was really amped about breaking that record. Yeah. The Rock comes out and says, you guys broke it into a record, a tenant's record. And they're cheering and they're all happy. And then The Rock's like, you didn't let The Rock finish. <laughs> you are the biggest collection of trailer park trash The Rock has ever seen. And it just brought back to 1997, 1998 Rock, right before he turned babyface for the first time. Then he turned heel a couple months later. That just that Rock character. That we have missed because when he comes back and he's a baby face, he's still kind of that guy, but not really. And he, when he made fun of that crowd, I think it was two or three different occasions. It absolutely cracked me up and it made me fall in love with him. And man, if that's one of the byproducts of the hashtag, we want Cody movement to get this version of the rock, a promo that you haven't heard on WWE television for so long. I mean, he said, Watch out, fatty. I'll come down there and slap the herpes off your face. And I'm at that line, I laughed out loud entirely. Uh, and that's great. something that MJF would say. Yes. That's an MJF line, but it's not. It's really a rock line because the rock's the OG. Yeah. And the rock came back and showed you how devastating he can be on the mic because it's been so long since he can be a heel. And I'm telling you what, it was absolutely brilliant. They did what they needed to do. You go with The Rock going through about how Cody's a loser. And by the way, did you see this this theory online when he's saying, I'm going to make that you're a loser. I'm going to prove to everybody that you are Cody, that you're a loser. And I'm going to make sure you, you, I'll do everything in my power to walk out, that you are not the champion walking out. And people thought he was pointing at The Rock. Uh, Roman. I'm sorry, I was pointing at Roman. If you go back and look at the, in the context of the filming, he's pointing that way toward the crowd. Yeah. So, and he also said Cody by name right prior to it. So everyone who was throwing their little conspiracy theories up, same with CM Punk's injuries of work, you know, those people. He'll be there. I'll be there. He's going to be wrestling fast. I still know it. I know it. He's but, the devil. Ethan. Uh, but you know, the fact the fact remains is, is that The Rock did exactly what he needed to do. He explained why he's teaming with The Rock. He said he's pissed at the crowd. Very similar to how they used to say Rock, Rocky sucks and die, Rocky die. He said, You people ruined it. You yep. people ruined this for the greatest WrestleMania main event, and he's pissed off. So now you brought this side of the rock out that hasn't been out in a long time. And it's the best version of The Rock in his entire career. That was also the same guy who carried the, the, the WWE as a babyface while Austin was gone and became the top star. That version of The Rock is the very best. And if you thought he couldn't do it, he comes back and has the entire 
crowd crowd booing him after they laugh at how funny he is. And yeah. he also joined the Bullet Club Gold, which we were excited about. Well, I got to ask you about that. That was an that was something I totally notated. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to text you about it. Do you think he messed up, or is that him separating himself from being the ones? That has gone in my head over and over and over again. I can't see it being. I can't see him messing up that bad. Because that's bad. That's like when you're joining the four horsemen. And you're like this, or like this. You put up three. <laughs> We're part of the triple threat. <laughs> I mean, it's a completely different hand gesture. Right. Now, is this like a is this like him saying I'm the high chief, part of the ones, if you will, or is it like, yeah, I'm with you, but I'm over you? Well, what does that mean? I mean, L could also mean loser. Right. But what does that mean in sign language? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. But, it's like I'm, you know, I take it the, you know, almost like, you know, the gun, like almost like, uh, not the bullet club, but almost like, uh, you know, like he's sort of the pistol of the bunch, if you will. I think we're gonna know the next time he comes out with Roman, and the next time he puts up that sign, that hand signal, if he does this, yeah, then he messed then up. he messed up. Yes. If he does this, then we know something's up. And I have always been of the opinion, and I still am kind of leaning toward it, that The Rock is actually going to be... See, I'm not sure anymore. And I and we can get into that in a little bit. I actually would like to see a couple little predictions early of what we think might happen here at the end of this match with Cody and Roman. A couple different ideas. But that was interesting. It was either a big mess up or it was intentional. I'm hoping it was intentional. Intentional, but we'll we'll know in due time. So it's fun to speculate now. But as of right now, Lottie, I remember you first saying that you think Rock's gonna. This is a the beginning of of a long heel run for the Rock. Where I kind of said, well, I think he might turn on Roman, or something might happen where he goes against Roman at WrestleMania, as, as and he would be the baby phase. Now, I'm not so sure. I think you might be more right because The Rock really seemed to take to this heel character like a freaking duck to water. Oh, it was like, it was so comfortable for him. And and most importantly, so entertaining. I don't need to see this every week. If I see this every two, three weeks in some form or fashion, be it him there live or him cutting a promo on Zoom like we do, I'm fine with it. But keep him in the loop. And ultimately, is what I want to see is a new chapter with a bloodline. Because I think I have my ideas of what's going to happen on the second night of WrestleMania. And I think we're going to go and tailspin into a new chapter of the bloodline, maybe even a civil war within the bloodline. And, um, and what I also want to see is Triple H versus The Rock playing mind games against each other. I'd like to see The Rock go and hire people unbeknownst to Triple H, adding to the bloodline, perhaps. I mean, you know, we've mentioned Jacob Fatu. I recently saw a picture of Umaga's son standing next to Booker T, and it looked like he could have ripped Booker T's head right off. Does he wrestle? Yes. Where, is, how long has he been wrestling? Uh, he's He's not... He's only uh, been wrestling probably like a year or so, so he's okay. green. However, okay. this guy's arms are yeah. huge. Yeah, like he's he's already putting in the work, and it's like, you know what? You, you start seeing what's going on here, and if you know the Rock, because it, it, listen, every yeah, I saw the stat recently. We're gonna see Jimmy and Jay and Jimmy and Jay against each other, and every fifteen years. At WrestleMania, we see brothers wrestler wrestle. About 30 years ago, we saw Owen versus Brett. Mm-hmm. Then we saw Jeff versus Matt 15 years later. And now we're going to definitely see Jimmy versus Jay, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. that's. I think it's yeah. pretty clear as well. Almost as so, clear as Sasha Banks showing up in AEW. Do you think that's going to happen, or do you think it's just a work, bro? <laughs> so 
But I digress. Um, I think uh, we have a situation here where the bloodline is going to get interesting within the bloodline itself after that main event on night two. And who's going to stir the pot more than everybody else is The Rock. And you're going to have the dynamics between him and Roman because I think everybody that had two ears, two eyes could see that Roman is being overshadowed immediately. Yeah, for sure. And depending on how that match with Cody goes, and especially what happens afterward, is going to be really intriguing to see what happens for the next year for Roman and what does that lead to. And perhaps then we finally get Roman versus The Rock for the head of the table status. You know, and 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 honestly, you know, and I and I can't defend it. Roman is definitely overshadowed. However, Roman also, during one of the toughest times of this company's history, went and became the guy, while his cousin, or his you know blood cousin, if you will, was off making movies and doing his own thing in Hollywood, only to return while Roman was going to have one of his biggest matches in his career. So this sort of writes itself. This is like really impressive material to work with. Um, It's all about dynasties. Who's the best family? You have the Rhodes family. Hell, you have the Ortons lingering around. Um, You know, there's a lot of things that that can happen here over the next two years. And if Heel Rock is remaining and in position to do this, honestly, we're looking at a future where Raw is going to be on Netflix. They're going to go and do this without commercials. Let's translate that. Pretty much every Raw is almost like a pay-per-view event. Right? They they And, and they can even make that show PG-13. And if you put that character, The Rock, on there every two or three weeks, that's gold. They have a lot of potential to go and put eyes on that streaming service with him. So I'm really excited about the future here. I think it's it's impressive as far as the route they can take and the routes they can take, splintering them off into different storylines story as well. It's really going to be impressive. And then honestly, like, this is a new day, new dawn, a new era for WWE. So that's my two cents on him. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways to go about it. I don't know, and I don't think any of us know, what The Rock is going to do in terms of on-screen committed, commitment. We know he's on the board of directors. It's not like he's not going to want to be still be a movie star. It's not like he doesn't want to perhaps dive into the other business aspect of things. Can he be a regular performer, even if it's like the, the Roman schedule right now, which is once every two or three weeks? I don't know. That's going to depend greatly. Does The Rock want to put his brand on WWE television that often? Does it devalue him a little bit? I don't know what he's thinking there. So it could be great, but I don't. It could also be a seasonal thing where maybe he comes, shows up around Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble, and stays and does that kind of program, which we've seen a lot with a lot of guys. Like Undertaker, I've famously did that. Um, you know. Uh, you know, a lot of the special, I think Kurt Angle kind of had that situation happening where they only wrestled once in a blue. Um, but The Rock could, obviously, it does write itself. That depends on which way they go. I think what you're going to see is you're going to probably see Cody win. And then the finger pointing starts the following SmackDown. And that's where you start having problems with them. Um, now the question is, how does Cody win if he even does win? Because everyone's talking about how they want Roman to supersede Hulk Hogan's reign, which would have to take us into the fall, which would be, I believe, September 9th, I think, would be the day I think it was. But it's in September for sure. So Roman would have to hold on to this title another six or seven months. I don't know if the audience would accept it this time around the way they did last year. What are they going to do? Not watch, right? So <laughs> We're hostages. It's ridiculous. So I'm worried about Roman possibly because just just so they get that 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 win off of Hogan, but they still celebrate Hogan. So it's not like it's like a lot of say, AEW. Yeah, I, don't get, I, I don't get that theory at all because like the, you know they're like um, 
They're promoting the 40th anniversary of uh, Hulkamania. And then they're giving spotlighting him on this video game that, um, you know, that basically like kids and, you know, professional wrestlers alike are going to be wrestling, be using like they're, they're doing a whole Hulkamania storyline on, on this new video game. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So WWE like, still holds Hogan a lot of reverence. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, I'm sure he'll have his moment at in Philly. I mean, Hey, I'll call it right now with it being in Philly, Thunder Lips, Hulk Hogan being there. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Sly uh, Sylvester Stallone at WrestleMania this year. Actually, there were rumors about Stallone being there already. Actually, I don't know if you saw okay, that. Great. Yeah. So yeah. No, so, there you yeah, go. So, makes um, all I the saw sense rumor the today. Yeah, I saw rumor today about it. Um, so I, what's interesting is those. How do you get there? And that's what's so fascinating. How do you get there with the ascension of now Seth Rollins? I guess he, Seth Rollins and Cody is going to be at Elimination Chamber at the at, on the Grayson Waller effect. That's going to probably solidify their team, and they're going to solidify that they're going to team up to try to get Roman uh, Roman's pit, shoulders pinned in the match to the match for the first time in a singles match since Baron Corbin in 2019. So... It's don't, interesting. don't sleep on Corbin, Merritt, bro. Ugh. Get me started. Anyway, uh, but that's the thing. Where do we go? How does Cody win? Or if Cody does win, you have a couple different scenarios. You can have The Rock being the final nail in a coffin of Cody losing again. And then the bloodline maintains that dominance and they become the real royal family in professional wrestling. And the bloodline walks off with Roman holding the, t- the, the championship high with The Rock holding his hand up high, getting showered with booze, just like they did in the 2015 or 2016 Royal Rumble, whichever one that was. I believe it was 2015. Or do you have Cody somehow pulling it off where a plan concocted by Seth Rollins and whoever else is the is the point that puts Cody over where they get that solo Sokoa interference checked? Somehow, then you have Cody. All of the bloodline has been neutralized by different various members of this car of this story. You could have Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Jey Uso. The list goes on and on with people who can interfere and prevent the bloodline from interfering in this match and neutralizing it. No one interferes or stops The Rock. Then The Rock goes in and interferes, and he hits the, the Rock bottom and a people's elbow on Cody while the, re- well, and, and the referee's down or what have you. Puts Roman over. Is the referee's counting glass smashes. Bingo. And you have Stone Cold Steve Austin come out Give a couple stunners to everybody. Cody then hits two or three or 15 crossroads, gets the pin on Roman, where you have the biggest face of the company, possibly of all time, Stone Cold Steve Austin, anointing this new guy, Cody Rhodes, who is going to be the guy. We know this now. Raising his hand in victory, and the bloodline ends in complete disaster. And then you have the following Friday, they're pointing fingers at each other. And then you see where the loyalties lie and who would be the babyface and who would be the heel. Um, you know, so that's a lot of different ways you can go about it. Um, or you can just, it's going to be so crazy to see how this, this ends. The only way it would be disappointing is if Cody loses. I think you can't do that again. I really don't. Yeah. I didn't, but then again, I didn't think you were going to do it last year either. So there you go. Hmm. But that's my two cents on that. And um, as much as they can get to the rock, they can get to the rock. They, please. He clearly is as entertaining as anybody still on that microphone, including anybody you want to talk to and talk about. He's a god. He's a god on the microphone when he's in that mode. Oh, he's just every bit as good as MJF is, if not better. Yeah. Every bit as good. And I know it's going to piss a lot of people off, but it is what it is. Yeah. And if you don't like it, I'll come out there and snack the herpes off your mouth. And it was great. Just like yeah, I saw the reaction shots that they had on the announce table with uh, Corey Graves. Oh, yeah, great. As Rock, as Rock was delivering those lines. And them just losing it. It was great. Oh, yeah. It's, it was a lot better than Michael Cole dancing to Cult of Personality. I will say that. Although, I'll say Michael Cole did a hell of a job at the press conference. He was a great moderator. What press conference? In Las Vegas. When he was I, don't even, I, I, don't even, I don't even remember. Oh, you mean on the, the panel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he kept that going beautifully. He was a fucking uh, maestro out there. 
I mean, you're working with CM Punk, Big E, Bad News Batter, whatever his name is now. Don't underestimate Mr. Cole there. He doesn't have some dirty pervert in his ear anymore. Guy couldn't name a move if his life depended on it. He's a terrible play-by-play wrestling announcer. Period. No one's good. Is he as bad as he was 10 years ago? Maybe not. He still doesn't know freaking a, a German suplex from a freaking belly-to-back suplex. Doesn't know any of the names. He's not good at play-by-play. He's good at getting all the advertisers out, and he's good at, at building up the storylines. But as a play-by-play guy, he's dog shit. And always has been and always will be. Corey Graves is better. At least he knows the name of moves, for Christ's sake. Man. So spare me your Michael Cole bullshit. I'm not sparing you of his bullshit. I'm saying he's a great moderator for that panel. Okay. Well, I didn't think it was a very difficult moderation to do. You're saying it was an easy job. I get it. I'm saying you put the microphone in CM Punk's hands and it's going to be fine. You know, I forget who the other guy was all, all the way to the right. Pat McAfee. Oh, and then you had Pat McAfee. And you're talking about the who's who. Biggie, who's great on the mic. Bad News Barrett, who's a who's a commentator. CM Punk's as good as anyone on a microphone. And then you have Pat McAfee, who's the golden god of commentators right now, even though, gotta be honest, he's been annoying me lately, too. Ah, oh, look at me. Cole, I'm back. I'm being real loud and stupid. Bo Cole. Brr. I'm on the table. Can we get Jesse Venter out here to smack him around a little bit? Fuck's ah, it. Jesse. Where does Jesse rank for you? I have a Jesse soft spot for, him for, for I have a soft spot for him and Gorilla, so they'll both be in the top five. Gorilla and yeah. Jesse will both be in the top five. I'll give Jr. top five just because he's Jr. and everyone loves him, and I they, I'd be laughed at if I didn't put him in there. Um, I guess Gordon Soley just because of his voice was so perfect. Yeah, he was great, man. That'd be my five, to be honest with you. Certainly wouldn't be Michael fucking Cole. Oh, well, I didn't say that. I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, he sucks. I wasn't being a lunatic about it. Wow, man. Wow. I like him much. I like him better without Vince whispering dirty nothings in his ear. (laughs) I mean, how would you be able to announce a match when you're like, when you're done, Cole, I got pictures to show you. Look, I'm sure Michael Cole's job was terrible because he had been screaming at him on a weekly basis. I get that. But, now, but so did JR. You know what I mean? So um, I don't think Gorilla did, but JR certainly did. And to be completely honest with you, I again, I, I haven't seen Michael Cole do anything extraordinary in his entire career as a, as a broadcaster. And I know a lot of people in the business will say I'm wrong and that he's really great and I should sympathize with him because of the Vince thing. Look, I can only go by what I hear. And the guy doesn't know wrestling moves. And I'm sorry. That annoys me. It just does. It's a taste thing. If you don't think it's important, then you'll probably think he's awesome and he's the greatest voice of WWE in the history of all mankind because he doesn't know anything about the actual wrestling on the ring. But he can tell you how Kane is feeling about his anger issues. If Michael Cole approached you with uh, a contract to be a WWE podcast, what would you feel about him then? I mean, I would be grateful, and I'd be like, don't I would delete this episode. <laughs> exactly. You're like, yeah. fuck, man, that guy is talented as hell, man. I know there's probably asked, look, I think he is talented. Let me be really clear. I don't like what he does. And he does things that JR could never do. And he does things that Gorilla could never do. And can do Bobby Heenan or whoever else, Gordon Soley. It's the nature of what WWE had become the last decade and a half. And all of the different advertisements and the different ways you tell the actual in-ring story, the actual out-of-ring stories within the storyline and trying to build up some drama in between what you're seeing in terms of actual stories. I don't like that in a play-by-play guy. Let it be my color guy. And then they can talk, they can talk about it that way. But when it comes to the in-ring stuff, when you're ignoring half of the moves that's happening in the ring, and you also don't call them correctly and you call them by the wrong name, which he's done. And I'm not exaggerating hundreds and hundreds of times the last 20 years, he's said the wrong moves. 
And it's to a point where it was obnoxiously terrible. Terrible. So in terms of that, now that to me is really important. I want you to be able to explain to me what's going on. You know, just like uh, Ian Riccoboni, just like just like Gorilla Monsoon, just like Tony Schiavone, at least back in the day. I know you don't like Schiavone, Schiavone now, but they all were able to tell you what was going on in the ring and give you the strategies and give you the play by play like it's a sporting event, not just building to the drama and plugging the latest social media trend or plugging the latest the latest you know, plugging the latest partner that they're doing stuff with. Now that happens in AEW too and all the other ones, but that's Michael Cole's specialty is building up, is getting all the stuff out that they want. That's, that's what they always say. He's just so good at getting all the announcements out and he's so good at getting other people. Look, he hasn't been great. Very rare, except for WWE people that grew up on him are going to think he's a top five guy. That's it. I, I spent too much time take. talking about Michael Cole. Hot button issue for everybody. This is yeah, I noticed that. And this, if you know, if there's ever a contract in place, we will have to like get involved and delete this episode in, entirely. I should put the "fuck you, Vince" video back up though. I deleted it. Now it's it's very chic. Now I'd be like, oh, this guy was saying that two years ago. Look at that. That's right. Yeah. Stupid I'm tired of this Oh, I got pictures of new pictures of Janelle. I got to show you. Oh, my God. I'm trying to announce this match, Vince. Don't worry about the match. I got Janelle. I got Janelle right here. Uh, you know what? Now that you kind of hear some of the things that she went through, and particularly Ashley Massaro, what she went through, you almost don't want to make. Because when this, this story first broke, I did a comedic, you know, I kind of took a funny spit at it where Vince was kind of directing this terrible porno shot where the big finish was him taking a poop on the girl's face. And I'm glad we aren't that popular because we would have gotten in a lot of trouble because Jim Cornette and his buddy, Brian last did got a lot of backlash because they were making fun of the situation the way we were, I was making fun of. Um, but it's a different situation. And you really can't taking a shit on a woman is not something you can make fun of these days. It's sad. I wonder if it was a dude. Would that be okay? Uh, probably not, right? I think we've gotten to that. People point. wouldn't care. You see, it's double standard. That's what I'm going to say to my lawyer. See, <laughs> I see. Vince, if oh, it was God. Johnny Ace, nobody would give a shit. But oh, because he's in a room partaking. Now the, everybody cares. The victim, Johnny Ace, the guy who was manipulated. You know, Vince, I really don't think you should be shitting on her while I'm banging on her. This guy was hiring lingerie models for my company for one reason only. He's a fucking victim. You know, Vince, this wasn't what I signed up for. I'm not really into fecophilia or scat play. That's what that's what playing with your poop's called, by the way. Scat play. For those of you. You're the scat man. <laughs> Yeah, the scat man. Yeah, I'm the scat man. He's a scat man. He can go away. Johnny, Johnny, he says that song. Hey, what do you say we get into predictions here, pal? I predict scat. Death, taxes, and scat. Death. You know, Vince, I'm just thinking maybe it wouldn't be the best idea to send her texts talking about three big black cocks. I don't know. It might get out. You might you might want to go and sign that NDA, Vince. Oh, Lord. Well, well Vladdy Dottie, before the show goes 100% off the rails, how about we rattle it back in, bring it back in, we'll reel it in, because Vladdy Dottie, it is time. For our Elimination Chamber predictions. I am excited. I have a one-match lead. If I'm not mistaken, I know I'm up by one. I believe I have a... I'm 14 and two, and you're 13 and three thus far. That might be the case. 
But today is a new day. and uh, Yes, it is. We are looking at WWE Elimination Chamber, which happens to be taking place at 5 a.m. Eastern time because they had the nutty realization to go and hold this thing in Perth, Australia. Globalization, pal. That's how you make money. Put another match on the Bobby. <laughs> I'm going to be, I think I'm going to probably just wake up at a normal time in the morning, but do my nice medicating and nice coffee. And I'll be able to watch the pay-per-view as soon as I wake up. I'll start it from the beginning. So no harm, no foul. Very nice. I'm glad to hear that. I don't know if I will watch it later that night, most likely, but especially if there's a certain moment, I'll probably check in with it on the uh, Peacock streaming service. Just wake up super early, bro. Wake up at five. You got this. Eh, eh. I've done it before. So, I used to watch uh, New Japan events live, so this isn't super new to me. In fact, I woke up to watch Kenny Omega beat Okada two out of three. I woke up at 4.30 in the morning to watch that match. So this isn't wow. new to me. You are a grizzled young veteran, that's for sure. I was on unemployment at that point in time, too, though, so that might have something to do with my ability to do such things. That So the, with these two cases, there seems to be a little bit of a theme. But it's okay. Get a wife with great insurance. Um, yes. But yeah, so we have we Perth Australia Elimination Chamber. Only was four matches again, Vadi? Yeah, seriously, man. Like, and this is just speaks to the element of the actual Elimination Chamber match itself, in which we have two of them to go and check out and predict. And with that being said, we're off. Let's lead off with a women's elimination chamber match here where the following are the participants. We have none other than the man herself, Becky Lynch. One of my favorites, Bianca Belair. Leave Morgan, Naomi, Naomi, and we also have Tiffany Stratton and the newest participant named recently, I believe, on SmackDown. Raquel Rodriguez. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I will. I, I think I know who you're picking no matter what. So I, it doesn't matter to me. I'll go first here. Well, you look at all the combatants. I think the biggest one that everyone's thinking is going to be Becky Lynch. Becky has been eyeing Rhea Ripley for, for about a month or so now. Everyone's talking about how what you're going to do with Becky anyway. I think it's the pretty much the obvious pick. You're going to see some great performances. Look for Tiffany Stratton to have a marquee performance. I think she might even get eliminated first, but I think she's going to have a really, really good performance in it. Uh, everyone else, Bianca Belair is another one that might be a little bit of a dark horse, but at the end of the day, I think you're going to see Bianca possibly have a program with Jade Cargill, either as a team or one-on-one. -on -one. And then you're also going to have Becky and Rhea, I think it writes itself. So I'm going to go with Becky Lynch. I don't think... Uh, that's pretty much the odds on favor to win this one. And hopefully they go out and have a brilliant one-on-one -on -one match at WrestleMania and steal the show, just like Rhea did with Charlotte last year. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, foreshadowed situation here. And I went with Becky Lynch as well. Should make for an intriguing rivalry between the two. And I'm very interested in seeing how that WrestleMania crowd reacts to the buildup, the feud, and seeing how they react to Becky versus Rhea, because I believe Rhea is very popular, even for being a heel. She's undeniable. So I could see that crowd, even with her being heelish in her ways, totally loving her and cheering for her being the villain in the rivalry. And that's what happened last year with Charlotte as well. They were cheering yeah. for her at WrestleMania. Absolutely. So... You and I are on the same page there. I think we're going to probably be on the same page for most of this, so we'll jump right to the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships where we have Judgment Day, Damian Priest, and Finn Balor, who are your champions versus Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. Judge Yon Day. Exactly. So Judgment Day, bet the house on it. Uh they will hold it until WrestleMania for sure, and then we'll see what happens there. Maybe it's a DYI sort of situation that they've been sort of uh, alluding to. Um, I will yeah. say they have built up a this, – this tag division has been getting built up very, very nicely. And you can make the argument it's the best tag team division in the, on, in the world right now. Uh, yeah, I would agree Except with that. Except for the right champs. Now. 
Yeah. It's almost like they're just sort of holding until like we're resetting with WrestleMania. So um, let's go to the next match. In some ways, especially if you're paying ticket owner there, this might be your main event for the match, for the for the pay-per-view. Yeah, the women's world champion, Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax. I'll lead off. You can bet your mortgage payment on this. Rhea Ripley is winning by hook or by crook, pinning her, and she is going to be totally over, and that crowd is going to be providing her with one of her finest moments in her wrestling career. Yeah, I 100% agree, Rhea Ripley. I think that's the biggest layup you can possibly have. She is going to close the show, I'm sure. It's going to be the ending with her being celebrated in her home country. Nobody deserves it more than Rhea. Also, it might take the sting away from her not being the main event at WrestleMania. Look, she stole a show with Charlotte last year. We know that. <clears throat> and when and with the, her body of work last year, she deserved it. But to have a main event championship win in your hometown in a you know sixty thousand sold out stadium in Perth, Australia, great moment for absolutely Rhea Rhea bloody Ripley. Beats Nia Jax for sure. Excellent. So let's go to the final match um, where we have Elimination Chamber match where the victor gets the ability to go and wrestle Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. And the participants are Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, L.A. Knight. Yeah. Kevin Owens and Logan Paul. Um, I am going Drew McIntyre. It's been totally foreshadowed. There's there's like an intriguing storyline with him there with pretty much every main eventer that's not wrestling for a world title currently. And I think he's going to get that moment. I mean, you even saw the situation with uh, Raw where the bloodline helped McIntyre and he sort of was like, what was going on here, you know, it was like an interesting reaction he had to his face there. So, uh, I just think it makes sense. Uh, he's making fun of CM Punk for not being at WrestleMania. He's literally stealing his moment as well. To me, just all the cards are in play, and I think we're going to have a hell of a match between Rollins and McIntyre. Well, I thought Drew McIntyre, he was, obviously, he's certainly the odds-on favorite. Everyone thinks Drew McIntyre's going to, at least most people. Then you look at someone like L.A. Knight. Is he someone that can get the shock victory and finally get presented as the main eventer that many people feel like he should have been six months ago? Again, I will still say going with Damian Priest to win the money in the bank and not put on L.A. Knight was a monster mistake, and it is proving to be so because nobody really gives a shit or even wants Damian Priest to cash in. He has not elevated himself to a main event player, and they're going to rely on that championship to make him, and I think that's a mistake, and it usually doesn't work. But I digress. Then you think about Bobby Lashley. No way Bobby Lashley wins this one. No way Logan Paul. No way Kevin Owens. And the two guys that kept on coming back to my head were Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is the obvious one. He's the one that has gone out of his way and has gotten over as red, white hot as a heel as he has been in his entire career. And he does it in an organically beautiful way. When you think about Randy Orton, and you also think about Seth Rollins has already faced Drew McIntyre in two main event matches, if not three main event matches the last seven months. Do you really want to have that rematch at a WrestleMania? And I started thinking, Randy and Seth kind of right itself. Unless you're going to intertwine the Drew McIntyre, which could be a possibility, unless you're going to intertwine Drew McIntyre with almost being a weird ally to the bloodline. I just don't see that happening. Also, Drew McIntyre has a big issue with Sami Zayn that they need to work out. He's got other issues with other people. And I don't know what you do with Randy Orton if you don't give him this opportunity to win a title. So I'm actually going with the Viper, the Apex Predator, Randy Orton, to walk out of Elimination Chamber as the surprise victory, shocking the entire world. And Seth Rollins and Drew and Randy Orton go and have a rematch of that classic match they had back, I believe, in WrestleMania 31, where Seth, at the end of the night, cashed in his money in the bank to beat Rock Lesnar and Roman Reigns for his first world championship. I'm actually bucking the system. I'm throwing a curveball at you, Vladi. 
And I think an RKO is going to win it. I think he pins Drew McIntyre to win it all. Shocking a very happy Australian crowd. So I know that's a surprise. And maybe it was stupid. Maybe it's tomfoolery. But as Matt Damon would say right before I lost tens of thousands of dollars in crypto, fortune favors the brave. But not the stupid. Randy Orton is going to face Seth Rollins because we haven't seen that match in a long time. And again, I just feel the fact that this was already a pay-per-view match only a couple months ago. It was a raw match, a top flight raw match just in January. I don't think they redo that match right. I don't think they redo that match at WrestleMania. I really don't. I don't think Triple H does it. Oh, you know what? You're playing with house money. This could really work well in your favor. You would be up two matches at that point. However, this gamble of yours means everything. If you're wrong, we're tied. Well, I had the balls to think outside the box. That's great. And that's where you get this championship, if you can see it here. That's where you get this championship looking beautiful as only I can make it look wrapped around. My glasses aren't on. FTR, I see. I don't know what that is. And Brett the Hitman Hart. Team FTR, the greatest trios group ever. I thought it was Daniel Garcia and FTR. No, no, no. That's something new and just stupid. I don't know what CM stands for. I have no idea. No, no idea. Or does it mean con man? Mm. Or does it mean, as Ryback would call him, fragile (laughs) Ryback? Jesus Christ. Ryback has now just become an internet troll. Have you seen Ryback? And some of the shit he he's, says. Yeah, I'm just, he's annoying, man. He is. I agree. I mean, he has literally just become an internet troll. But so we have, but uh, I don't want to go too he's much down tri- the ride back. He's a tribalist on steroids. Well, he just hates everything WWE. Well, he, he hates certain people in WWE. He hates Vince McMahon. Laughing about it. I told everybody. The big guy told everybody that Vince McMahon was an old, disgusting person. No, you didn't. You didn't say shit about that. You just no. said he didn't. You didn't like him because he didn't push you the way you thought you should have been pushed. And talk about delusions of grandeur on that guy. Holy shit! Oh my shit! Yeah, he was overrated. It's almost sad too, man. I saw him. He was doing a TikTok live. There was like four people watching, and I was one of them. <laughs> like, holy shit, dude! I was like, I get better numbers than that, man. Yeah. This is the big guy feed, and he's saying all the shtick. Feed me more. <laughs> and he, he, he cuts it like a heel promo. He like talks to Vince, and Vince is now going to run hell. <laughs> he does like an evil, maniacal laugh. It's just fucking bizarre, man. It's really bizarre to see an ex-wrestler who, you know, a guy who, who believes in the secret and and believes in in that power of of wishing things to happen and they come true and all other shit and and you need to I, manifest things. Well, manifest something, dude, other than being a common internet troll. Holy shit! I'm not retiring. No one's paying you to wrestle, though, bro. He yeah, doesn't wrestle. Sort of, yeah, he's retired like by default. You know, he's not considered a very good guy. I guess I don't know anything about him though, other than he just acts like a 15 year old girl on the fucking on the internet now. Trying to, he's playing like a character. The big guy right back. Yeah, he's really very uh, bloated in his own ego. We want to see the big guy versus Goldberg. No! I'm sure there's some morons who want to see that match, but nobody with a brain in their head want to see Ryback versus Goldberg unless they spear each other really hard. Like they they just they just keep on taking turns and running in each other head first. I'd pay to see that. There's no God. Goldberg ended Bret Hart's career. Yeah. It's unfortunate. <laughs> and by the way, when Jericho called him Greenberg, I didn't realize he meant that he because he doesn't know how to wrestle yet. Okay, Greenberg. And that's classic. I wish I knew that at the time. Just a play on words, if you will. I just thought he was making fun of him, just screwing up his name. 
but Greenberg, because well, he was still well, he Greenberg, did that, yeah, work. Yeah, he, he sort of did that with Stanko Malenko and Hoovy Juice. and They knew how to work, dude. Other, yeah. Greenberg's great. Yeah. He's green. He doesn't know how to work. Almost killed Ming twice. Yeah, I saw that clip re- like within the last two days where he's just dropping Ming on his head, man. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, how did he get away with this shit? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's better, whatever. I don't know. Ryback and Goldberg are not in my top 25. They might be my top yeah. 25 worst ever. That's a list you should work on. There's a lot of lists. I think we're going to start trying to get some new content, maybe a new a new list once uh, once a month or at least once a week, maybe once a month. Start small, see what we can do. But I think lists are kind of fun. Like what could be the sure. top five finishes to Cody and Roman or what could be the top, you know, top five worst ideas Vince McMahon ever had. I mean, you think about some of the ideas and, you know, you compare attitude error with this error right now. We talked about the Mark Henry thing with Mae Young, that whole situation, them dating and then getting pregnant and all that. And then we talked about someone brought up the fact of they tried to cut off Val Venus's wiener. One episode. Choppy, choppy. Goldust was coming out dressed up with nipple clamps and a ball gag and bare feet, sniffing Luna Vachon's feet. Apparently, Vince wanted to have an angle where he impregnated Stephanie and then switched to just having Shane do it, and Shane agreed to it. Then you had Shane, or was it Triple H with the uh, deceased person in the coffin? And then the big boss man, remember the big boss man drove away? The big show's dad? Yeah, yeah. And big show jumped on top of the coffin. I think his dad's still alive too, the big show, ironically. Christian would know. <laughs> oh man, remember the big boss man driving away in the big show just driving off. I mean, it, there was some I mean, we can wax philosophical and wax poetic on on the attitude error and Stone Cold and The Rock and DX and all that. But there was some monumentally horrible, horrible things, probably mostly spawned by Chris Russo and or, or, or Chris. Chris Russo. Chris Russo, I'm going to have you cut off your penis, your penis right there. <laughs> Mikey? <laughs> I don't know, dog. Shouldn't cut off his penis, dog. Good afternoon, everybody. We're cutting off Val Venus's penis today. For those of you who don't know, Mike and the Mad Dog was a great show back in the WFAN classic days, the 90s, 2000s, 80s even. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. There were some really bad things in the Attitude Era. So anytime people make the comparison, this error has a potential to be a lot better because you don't have Vince Russo or or Vince McMahon Pitching ideas like, oh, I don't know, a dad impregnating his daughter. You know. Yeah. Or or somebody's mom on a on a pole match. Right? Right. Or a Viagra on a pole match. I mean, some of the stupid shit that came to fruition with these two guys. I mean, and we ah it just a lot of bad stuff. And that's why Vince Russo has been a douche nozzle and hasn't really been relevant in how many years because Every chance he got, he has embarrassed himself. And professional wrestlers, by and large, think he's terrible, except for like five of them. Yeah. But it was me, bro. I'm the one who called for the for the tech for the Montreal screw job, bro. It was my idea, bro. Shut the fuck up, Russo. You know nothing. Ah, uh, yeah. That's one one thing I agree with Mr. Cornet on about Vince Russo. Oh, absolutely. Shit shit stain. I would. I can listen to Vince to Jim Cornette just make fun of Vince Russo for hours. I'm sure there's a YouTube channel where it's just like one hour of Jim Cornette just making fun of Vince Russo. I'm sure there's probably three hours worth of that at least. So. <laughs> that fucking guy, bro. The idea so, that yeah, Vince man. Russo would would talk shit on Jim Cornette's wrestling mind is a joke. <laughs> Even if it is old fashioned, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, Russo definitely had a bloated ego as well. And, you know, he takes a lot of pride in what was accomplished in the raw times. And then 
You look at what he did when he was in w- was not in WWE, and it's even more embarrassing. So it's like this guy doesn't really have a leg to stand on in terms of my opinion of him. But he lies about his ideas and his accomplishments. He's a liar. Yeah. He is a, a a proven liar, and he has some sycophants that believe everything he says. The guy's a lying sack of shit. Bro, he's yeah. a phony ass Christian. He acts like he's a Christian. You can't be a Christian and say the things and do the things that he's done and continues to do, which one of them is lying. And that's who Vince yeah. Russo is. And, you know, it is, you, you can listen to a lot better than that douche. To be honest with you. Boy, so, uh, so Michael Cole and Vince Russo are not going to like this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so I guess with that note, well, that's our predictions, and that's pretty much what we have for you guys tonight. That's what we got, folks. Have a great time. What What was that? Sometimes I make the weirdest noises I have to edit out. Anyway, get ready for the Elimination Chamber. We're less than 24 hours away. Is it going to be Randy Orton? Is it going to be Drew McIntyre? Most people say Drew McIntyre. SSV is taking the chance. He thinks Triple H is throwing a little curveball at us, and he thinks that number 15 for Randy Orton could be on the horizon. We'll see what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, for Vladi Dodd, this is Silicon Steve Valley. Thank you for listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops. Here, end it the lesson. Thank you so much for watching High Spots and Cheap Pops. For Vladi Dottie, this is Silicon Steve Valley. Hit the subscribe button and let us know what you think. Thank you for watching, and here, end it the lesson.